Thank you for everyone who participated in our service tonight. Thank you for coming back this evening. It's always a joy to see all the people that gather together for our Sunday evening service. I'm beginning a new series tonight. We're going to be studying the love chapter, chapter uh, 13 of the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, it is, I think, a very pertinent issue to talk about love. Certainly our culture talks about love a great deal. However, it is probably the most uh, misunderstood and abused word in our culture that there is. Uh, Certainly what the world depicts and speaks of when it talks about love is nothing in comparison to what the scripture talks about when it talks about love. So we want to be sure that the love that we manifest, the love that we demonstrate is indeed a biblical kind of love. The portion of scripture that we are going to look at, as I uh, state here, is easily divided into three parts. First, the importance of love, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3, the characteristics of love, 13, 4-6, and then the permanence of love, verses 7 and 8. Now, I'm going to be going through this passage uh, rather painstakingly slow, uh, so we'll be in it for a number of weeks, which would provide you a good opportunity to memorize this portion of Scripture. It's only eight verses, and uh, we won't tackle more than a verse a week, and some weeks we will be less than a verse, uh, so that if you uh, want to memorize this, uh, I think it would prove to be of great value, uh, great worth, certainly to know the scriptures in that way is uh, undeniably uh, of great benefit. So I would commend uh, the memorization of this portion of scripture. It certainly would help us uh, to demonstrate more love in our lives. So this evening we begin with our study of the first section, the importance of love. In each of these first three verses, a different reason is given as to why love is important. Tonight, we look at just the first verse, so we look at just the first reason that is given as to why love is important. So our proposition this evening is, we may have a terrific ability to communicate, but if we are not loving then what we have to say will not be well received. So it is important that we be loving or what we have to say, no matter what it is that we say, it will not be well received. The verse for tonight is 1 Corinthians 13.1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. We now consider that verse in three parts. First, we may have a terrific ability to communicate. Two, but if we are not loving, three, then what we have to say will not be well received. So we start by looking at this idea that we may have a terrific ability to communicate. In 1 Corinthians 13:1, it says, If I speak in the tongue of men and angels, the tongues of men in Scripture are indeed languages. 
languages that are spoken by mankind. If you look at Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, we read this. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they, that is all the disciples, were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians, Mede, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So you see, their tongues are languages. And so it is saying, if I had the ability to speak every known language. Now that would be pretty wonderful to have that kind of ability to speak every known language. None of us has that gift. In fact, it's, it's pretty rare if someone can speak five languages. But here it's saying, just suppose we could speak every single language. We could communicate freely, with everyone on the face of this earth. And not only that, it says not only that we'd have the tongues of men, but the tongues of angels. But when it speaks about the tongues of angels, it's hyperbole. Hyperbole is exaggeration for a reason. We are not to think that there is a language that is unique to heaven. It is an exaggeration for a point. It is saying... If you could speak like an angel, and the assumption is that angels would speak beautifully, angels would speak wonderfully, angels would speak magnificently. So not only would you have the ability to articulate, but you could be eloquent. You could be magnificent. You would be able to have just that right word at the right moment to be able to say, If you could speak like that, just imagine if uh, you could speak in that way. See, to have the ability to convey spiritual truths accurately, to be able to state clearly exactly what you wanted to say, to be persuasive in speech so as to be able to refute and confront anyone who would disagree, to just be a magnificent orator. The Bible says that Apollos was a magnificent orator. Just think, if you could speak better than anybody on the face of this earth, the question is, how profitable would that be? How beneficial would that be? How life 
changing would that be? And the answer comes, it all depends. Depends on what? Depends on whether we are loving or not in this text. Application. What we say may be true. Our observations about people's lives may be correct. The advice we may give, if heeded, would be helpful. Our words can be filled with wisdom. And we can have all the right words to express those thoughts. But if we are not perceived as loving, then what? And the point of the text is, it's all for naught. For it says, but if we are not loving, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. Here, I think, is an important statement. In our text, it is not merely a matter of sounding loving, but rather of being truly loving. There's a world of difference. Some people have the ability to sound very loving because they're so good with words and they may have that just nice, gentle voice. You know, I, I admire that in other people, that, that just quiet, calming voice. I have this loud, booming voice. I have the difficulty, I think that a lot of times I come across as mean or harsh, because I get loud when I get excited, you know? But the uh, preacher on Little House of the Prairie, you know, that, that nice, little, warm, you know, loving kind of, embracing kind of voice. Well, we're not talking about sounding loving tonight. We're talking about being loving. Number one, it's not so much an issue of what we say or even the words we use to convey it. It's about who we are and the relationship that we enjoy or do not enjoy to the person to whom we are speaking. It's talking about a relationship that we have to each other. Even a relationship between a husband and wife, father, son, mother, daughter, aunt, uncle, parishioner to parishioner, whatever the relationship may be. If it's a relationship of love, things are going to be received far differently than if they are not. Number two, if they are convinced that we love them, even criticism criticism will be well received. Proverbs 27, 6 says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. A friend can say something to a person that nobody else can say. Uh, My wife is probably my most outspoken critic. She has no hesitancy to speak her mind when she wants to correct me. Uh, She doesn't feel bad by saying, oh, that doesn't look nice, when I uh, pick out the wrong shirt to go with uh, the particular tie. Uh, She will tell me, uh, I didn't understand what you said this morning. Uh, She will, I don't need to go on. I mean, she can be pretty tough. 
I love her for it. Because she's only trying to make me better. She's in my corner. I never doubt that. She's not trying to be mean. She's not trying to be disrespectful. She's not trying just to give me a hard time. She's trying to make me better. I'm convinced of that. Now you say those things to me, and I'm going to be offended. But she can get away with it because I know that she loves me. Number three, if they are convinced that we do not love them, even praise or kind words will be rejected as insincere flattery or manipulation. People can say the nicest things to us, but if we question their motives, if we question their sincerity, if we question whether or not they really love us, then it doesn't matter, even when they praise us, because we think that they're two-faced. We think that, well, they're, they're praising me to my face, but they're talking about me behind my back. Or we think, why are they doing this? What, 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 what agenda do they have? Why are they saying this to me? What do they want? So Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. When an enemy comes up and kisses you, they are deceiving. So, the greatest example of that in the scripture is how hideous of Judah to betray Jesus with a kiss. Luke twenty-two forty-seven. while he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Judas wants to come across like he loves Jesus. He's been pretending all along as a disciple to be a follower of Jesus, and he's been a crook all along. We find out in the scriptures that he's been stealing from the common bag. He's been the treasurer, and he's been siphoning money out for himself. Jesus knew that all along. He was well aware of that. And so now Judas is going to betray Jesus into the hands of his enemies, but Judas doesn't want Jesus to know that Judas was the one who betrayed him. So he comes up with this nifty sign and says to the, the men, the person that I kiss, that's the person you want to take and crucify. So he comes up to kiss Jesus. And Jesus says, Judas, do you betray me with a kiss? Are you that low? Are you that sinful? Are you that deceitful that you're going to hide behind a kiss to betray me? You see, it isn't whether we kiss people. It isn't whether we appear to be loving. The question is, are we in fact loving? Is it sincere? Is it, as the scripture says, the unfeigned love of the brethren? Is it real? B, it is not that we are to strive to be tactless. It isn't that we shouldn't think about the way in which we say things or that we try to say them in a loving manner. The point of the text is to make a contrast between the power of words and the power of love. Love will trump words every time. You can say the wrong thing, but if people know that you love them, they'll receive it. And you can say the right thing, 
and the people know you don't love them, they won't receive it. The exact same words uttered by two different people can be perceived and received in far different ways. The issue is not simply clear communication, but communication with love. So many marriages have, quote, communication problems. People will say, we just don't talk anymore. Or when we do talk, it always ends in a fight. And so they may go and want counsel or read books on how to, to improve or develop their communication. Now let me just say, there are many techniques that can be very helpful in aiding us in our communication. We, most of us can learn to communicate better than what we do. And there are good parameters to set when you're having arguments, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot to be said about trying to work on one's communication skills. I'm not diminishing that at all. Don't go away thinking that. There's a lot to be said, a lot of help that can be rendered. But what I am saying to you is you can have all the techniques down, you can have all the skill in the world, but if the person you're talking to really doesn't think you love them anymore, you've got a problem. And vice versa. If the person you're talking to really believes that you love them, you'll work your way through it. Love is more powerful than words. Number three. Then what we have to say will not be well received. That is, if we do not have love. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, then it says, I am, meaning I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If we speak without love, we become an unpleasant noisemaker. A noisy gong is a loud, boisterous, and demanding individual. Clanging symbol, an irritating and prolonged noise that goes on and on. So A, if when we are speaking we are not loving, then we have to have, then what we have to say is a real turnoff. It is irritating. It is like screeching chalk. Now, I chose that because of all the sounds that I could think of, screeching chalk is the worst. But I have here, for those people that are younger than 40, because I'm sure there are a lot of people here who have never heard chalk screech on a chalkboard. So just out of curiosity, how many people have heard chalk screech on a chalkboard? Raise your hand. Okay, put it down. How many have not? Okay, just, just a few. I thought there would be a whole lot more in this digital age. So I came up with another one. It's like screech on a chalkboard, or for anybody younger than 40, it's like feedback through a sound system. That screech, that, it, 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 it's irritating. It, 
You, you, you just have a, a, a sense to close your ears. You impulsively and even involuntarily turn away from that sound. You know, you just, it's jarring. And the scripture says that when we speak without love, that's what it's like. It's like that jarring, irritating noise that you just want to shut out. You just, you, you just want to squelch it. You just want it to stop. That's what happens when we speak without love. People just want us to shut up. Just stop talking. And they tune us out. Oftentimes, it is true objectively. Our tone of, our tone of voice may betray us. We may sound angry, bored, disinterested, condescending, or rude, so that our, our, our tone of voice can convey our lack of love. We might have the right words, but when they're said at the top of our lungs or uh, when they're said in a condescending way, then you know they're not true. Our mannerisms can, quote, shout volumes, even though nothing is said verbally. Nonverbal communication, a roll of the eyes, crossed arms, slouching down. You know, you're, you're talking to your, your child and they're sitting there. Don't have to say a word. They've communicated volumes. Communicated volumes. A pointing finger can all be a turn off to the one who hears what we're about to say. A question. Why do our family members tune us out? Could it be that they question our love for them? Could it be could it be? Are there times in which our spouses question our love for them? Are there times in which our children question our love for them? Have you ever said, I hate you? And you probably didn't say, I hate you. Have you ever said, I hate you? You're such a disappointment to me. I just wish you'd get out of my face. Hit the road. I don't want to see you again. Don't come back. It's a one-way door. You know, when we say those kind of things, and when we talk that way, it sends a message that's hard to retrieve. It's hard to bring that back. And you can apologize. And you can say you're sorry. But you can't really take it back. It's out there. It's out there. Well, we want to have as little of that as possible and have as much true love as possible. Administering discipline. 
we may say, when we are administering discipline, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Let me ask you, is that always true? Every time you discipline your children, does it always hurt you more than it hurts them? Or are there times in which when you discipline your child, you're really glad to do it? Because you're upset with them. Because you're angry with them. And sometimes when we discipline our children, it's because we didn't get the sleep that we wanted to get. Or the sorrow that we've had to endure. Or the unpleasantness that their actions have created. Sometimes it's more about us than it is about them. And then, let me say this. Because I've encountered this a lot over the years in talking to married couples. Even the words, I love you, can be irritating when it comes from a person who's selfish, self-centered, uncaring, and mean-spirited. When somebody like that, someone who is uncaring, self-centered, mean-spirited, says to their spouse, I love you, can actually incense them, actually make them angry, because what they are saying with their lips doesn't correspond to what is going on in their actions, their attitudes. And the words, I love you, can start a fight. When they're not accompanied with true, genuine, heartfelt love. So it's not what we say. You can even say, I love you, and yet have it be ill-received. Conversely, even rebuke can be appreciated coming from the one who truly loves us. Confrontation can actually be a good thing when we know that the person who is confronting us really, in fact, does love us. Conclusion. We may have a terrific ability to communicate, but if we are not loving, then what we have to say will not be well received. And conversely, We may be pretty poor at communicating. But if people know that we love them and our heart's in the right place, they can go a long way in understanding what it is that we are trying to say, what we are trying to communicate. So love is important. Why? Because without it, people won't listen to us because we become a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. May that not be the way that other people hear us when we talk. Let's pray. Our Father, help us not simply to sound loving, but help us to be loving in our relationships. And Lord, uh, as we demonstrate love towards one another. May we have a hearing with one another. 
Uh, may people understand what motivates us. And uh, Lord, though, though sometimes we don't communicate exactly the way we'd like to, and we wish we would use, have used different words or said it at a different time, may people know and understand, and then, yes, even appreciate what we have to say, because they know that we love them. Uh, Lord, thank you for all the people in our, our lives that, that love us and have spoken your goodness and your truth into our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And you are dismissed.